0: the truth news network it's time for real news without the spin the only place you'll find it is at tnn the truth Truth News news network here's your political ringmaster your host dan newman hi everyone and welcome to tuesday bullet points questions answered right here and right now I hope you're doing well. Everybody has questions, especially after a weekend and a Monday. Things just get more and more crazy in Washington, D.C. and around the world. We live in a crazy world, don't we? Hey, before we get started, let me say thanks to those of you who have responded to a request, your opinion, about taking this podcast live with interactive phone calls. We're still exploring the option. Let me say thanks to the hundreds and hundreds of you that have responded, giving us your thoughts and ideas. We are going to, sometime during this week, make the announcement of whether we'll keep trucking just like we are, which, to be honest with you, we love. And based on our viewership and listenership of our podcast, you guys like it this way, too. The only reason we would consider doing a live show is to provide more material, but more importantly, let you talk to our audience, and express your opinions. So, write this email address down. I need to hear from you. Two things. Do you want us to do it or not? And secondly, during the week, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time, a two-hour show. The reasoning for that is a lead-up to the national shows that we don't want to interfere with, Rush Limbaugh, and Sean Hannity. Not that we're in the same class. Believe me, we're nowhere there. But we do not want to interrupt their listenership and you guys' day. 9 to 11 a.m. Central Time is proposed time. So just a quick email, dan at truthnewsnet.org and say, yeah, I want it or no, don't do it. And 9 to 11 is fine. We love it. We'll be there every time we can. So let's get right to bullet points today. And uh, we've got some goodies here. We're going to ask and answer some of your questions. And the reason we know that you're asking these questions is because we are too. So let's just get right down to it with question number one. Why are so many retiring or simply declining reelection bids in Congress? As of June 5th, Just a month or so ago, 55 representatives have announced they will not seek re-election to their U.S. House districts. and the breakdown by party, 18 Democratic members of the U.S. House, 37 Republican members of the U.S. House. Just so you'll know, incumbents retiring from public office, 10 are Democrats, and 25 are Republicans. So... Let's look at that question, come up with an answer. It is very uncommon for so many elected congressional members to retire or to simply refuse to run for re-election. 55 at one time, do the math. That means 10% of Congress is voluntarily stepping down in the midterm elections in November. They're not going to be back. Certainly, several are simply retiring for normal reasons, based upon age, uh, a number of other reasons. Some or running for other federal, state, or local offices. But questions are abundant as to why most of these 55 are vacating office with no re-election efforts. Now, conspiracy theorists assume those 40,000-plus sealed federal indictments that no one seems to have answers for might include the names of some of those 55, and they are making plans for what that might mean to them. Others feel that the vitriolic political climate in DC has just worn their tolerance for any more too thin. And got to be honest with you, that answer is hard to reject, no matter what other answers might be. Others feel that attractive opportunities in the private sector are drawing some away. The conventional wisdom is that all of these answers are realistic as possibilities. Usually when in doubt, especially about politics, that age-old phrase pops up, follow the money. I'm not going to speculate as to which of these answers is or are the reasons. I will, however, assume that the truth almost certainly lies in one or several of these examples of possibilities. No doubt, whatever the real reason or reasons is or are, we will know In the next few months, if the answer lies among those 40,000 plus sealed indictments, there will be a political bloodbath before the midterm elections. Let's move on. Question number two, why does it seem that the media as a whole stopped reporting the news, opting going forward to instead of just reporting, be in the news? You know what? This is a really tough one to answer. Of course, it's happening now. It's become commonplace. As a journalist, I struggle to understand the basis for which we see such extreme reporting from today's media, which is not really reporting at all, rather editorializing. Just today, I found an extreme example of this reporting. Here is a story headline From the front page of CNN.com, listen to this. This is a headline. Is Trump a danger or just incompetent or a buffoon? Let me read that again. Is Trump a danger or just incompetent or a buffoon? CNN and other media outlets have made such headlines and stories the new normal. Simply asking such a question is about as ridiculous as my asking a friend of mine, when did you stop beating your wife? Or are you still doing it? You know, this is bad enough on its own. But what is really terrifying is that a major news organization's editors would allow a headline like this on a news internet site front page yet alone even as a story headline that appears anywhere in print or on the internet. There are possible reasons. Well, it could be extreme news competition might be an explanation. 20 years ago, there were few, very few national news outlets. You had the big three, ABC, NBC, CBS, plus upstart CNN. And then, of course, you had local newspapers and a couple of national ones. With the advent of the internet and the ease in which news can be given instantly to millions around the world, competition for readership and viewership is so voracious now that major news organizations, through desperation for advertising revenue, will write or say anything to capture that audience to get those readers, viewers, listeners. And what comes from that? Ratings. The fundamental for that parallels the fixation by so many on soap operas, shock radio and television, and even the propensity for plain daily gossip by many. Another thought. News organizations now feel news neutrality is not as important as it was for decades. Taking sides? Well, that's fair game now, even for the media. A case can be made for the likes of CNN, MSNBC, the big three national broadcast television networks, and large city newspapers to take the liberal news perspective against more conservative news outlets. There's no secret that conservative news outlets like Fox News, Breitbart News, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, The Drudge Report, stay more down the middle politically than others and possibly skew conservative in their reporting, in any case- There is no doubt that news reporting has devolved into political partisanship in almost every case. The politically correct double standards in the media are unexplainable and leave most shaking their heads. Case in point, The Daily Show's Trevor Noah. You know who he is. He is now, today, embroiled in several racist comments he has made. One in a video from several years ago in which he denigrated Aboriginal Australian women. Think about that. Aboriginal women from Australia. The other comes from a recent story in which he refers to the World Cup winning team, the French team, as an African team, simply because many of that team's players are black. Think about this now. If Noah was a conservative show host, He would have already been banished from his television show, run out of town on a rail. So far from Noah, not even apology demand by any in the media for him to apologize for either remark. Just imagine if somebody like Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity made either of those statements. Well, we got two questions down and a couple of more to go. We've got some answers for you. You sit tight. We'll be right back at the Truth News Network. Morning, face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is oh, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Oh, that went in my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. As a retired teacher, I look for ways to save money for the things I love, like traveling the world. Medicare plans change each year. Fortunately, my Health Mart pharmacist helped me understand my insurance, saving me money on prescriptions. And they can help you, too. My pharmacist cares about my health and the things I love, whatever that might be. Health Mart, caring for you and about you. Visit healthmart.com for the locally owned pharmacy near you. Getting tired of only spin while looking for just the news? No spin, just truth. Read and hear it every day on TNN, the Truth News Network. TruthNewsNet.org. And welcome back to TNN today. We are doing Tuesday bullet points, and today we're asking questions. But even better for you, we're answering some of your questions some of the questions that every American has. We've already done a couple. Let's move on. Number three, in congressional hearings, think about this. The Department of Justice has been slow playing document production under subpoena by Congress. In those congressional hearings in which DOJ Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has showed up several, several times, he's downplayed The reasons for his personal stonewalling and producing congressional committee subpoenas of the DOJ for supporting documents from the Clinton email investigation and that of President Trump's campaign for Russian election collusion. I am so tired. Everybody's so tired of hearing about Russian collusion. You know what's interesting? I'm gonna say this one more time. All those guys in Congress, Senate, and the House. And every mainstream media outlet are saying over and over again, it's incontroverted, it's incontroverted that the Russians hacked in the 2016 election. I must say this again, it is not uncontroverted. They haven't given us any evidence. They say it's so, but do you believe today anything those people tell you is fact, just Because they tell you it's fact. We have seen over and over and over again the facts that they give us turn out to be not true. So, President Trump, you can declassify all that stuff, do it, and let Americans find out for sure. Did the Russians hack the 2016 elections? For more than a year, congressional requests have been nonstop for those documents. Yet Rosenstein does very little in the way of complying with their request, using the excuse over and over that, quote, those documents contain classified information that would jeopardize intelligence undercover individuals. Hmm. Only after threat of contempt have any of those documents been released at all. And, of course, when they're released, they're heavily redacted, what is revealed in the documents, the parts of them that are unredacted, or a bunch of details that are embarrassing to the FBI and the Department of Justice, but have not evidenced, these documents haven't evidenced, any jeopardy to any intelligence personnel. They've stonewalled and stonewalled because they don't want, to get embarrassed in front of the American people. It has become abundantly clearer and clearer that, at least in the case of Rod Rosenstein, there was a concerted effort to slow play document production to comply with those congressional requests. Another reason that conspiracy theorists and some other regular Americans are beginning to think might be part of that stonewalling could be to prolong the release of the truth until after the midterm elections. Based on those documents already released, it is fair assessment that national security is not the reason for stalling on the production of that evidence. That hiding information contained in the evidence from Congress is the probable cause. That's got to stop, folks. It's getting a little ridiculous. And speaking of the Department of Justice, question number four, what in the heck is Attorney General Jeff Sessions doing on his job? Boy, I've heard this question a bunch lately. The virtual disappearance of Mr. Sessions is obvious to all of us. You don't see him in interviews. You don't see any press releases from him. In fact, his name's hardly even mentioned now. There's no doubt the Department of Justice has a bunch of matters going on in investigatory processes and other stuff politically it's dealing with, but with the most visibility-heightened legal matters in American history playing out every day, many Americans, including this one, are concerned at the apparent lack of direct involvement in these by the Attorney General. Certainly, the mild manner former Alabama senator could be uninvolved directly in any of these cases that we know are going on relying on his management underlings to carry the load for him. But that would not be a normal thing for Jeff Sessions. Many think the exact opposite is more realistic. That Mr. Sessions is busy behind the scenes on some of these legal issues that are playing out in very visible fashion, opting to hold his cards close to his chest that could explain those 40,000-plus sealed federal indictments all handed down by judges from every U.S. federal district court in the United States. Every one of those courts has issued at least one of those indictments since October, late October of last year, 2017. Certainly, the Attorney General would have detailed knowledge of those Even if he was not directly involved in the cases, and I can't see something that critical, that important, that the attorney general would not have his hand in the middle of it. Federal prosecutors are obviously responsible for each of those cases and the investigations that resulted in each of those indictments. 40,000 plus would certainly demand his attention. You can bet he's in the middle of it somehow. Don't know how, but he's involved. And to close these questions and answers out today, bullet points on Tuesday, why does President Trump tweet so much? I got to be honest with you, I wasn't going to put this in the answer, but one of the obvious answers is he loves to torque members of the media. It's almost like, you know, every morning at at, uh, six o'clock Washington, D.C. time is when he starts tweeting You can almost imagine all the media types setting their alarm clocks and making sure their iPhones are handy so they can start writing their news reports for the day based on his early morning tweets. He goes after them. Two weeks after his inauguration, you may remember, we here at TNN put forth a plan in writing suggesting that the president take steps to just simply bypass the mainstream media and information dissemination to all Americans. Our suggestion was a White House YouTube channel. Now, YouTube would go crazy. They would love if the president would open an account and have his very own YouTube White House channel. Of course, the second part of our suggestion was for him to immediately terminate the daily White House press briefings, that have turned into a a zoo, a circus. Rather than getting press information from the president or his staff members, it's turned into opportunities that these media members that sit in the briefings room are looking to make news themselves by asking some of the most ridiculous questions and insulting all of those on the White House staff that stand up at that podium. We think that maybe once a week they should release a YouTube press briefing in which the president or his staff members or both would answer multiple questions that had been given to the press office in advance of that week's YouTube release. And they would announce pending presidential policy matters and reports of meetings upcoming, details of past meetings. However, The president opted to expand his Twitter conversations that have accomplished several things, obviously. Most importantly, it's given Mr. Trump the ability to message Americans without any editorial media filters that had become so common before the 2016 election and shortly thereafter. It goes back to what we talked about earlier. They don't report the news anymore. They take the facts as they get them and add their spin. What we get isn't the news. We get their perspective of the news. Yes, the mainstream media continue to daily provide their interpretations of all White House matters. They do it in their newscast, their talk shows, and daily newspapers. But the way it works now, if you're following President Trump as about 100 million others are, you're getting his version before you get the mainstream media's version. So you have a perspective that you didn't have before Twitter. The media no longer control the narrative. They control only a part of it. And on this one thing, President Trump has certainly, without question, hit a home run. In summary today, folks, one thing in D.C., in the Trump administration, is a certainty News happens 24-7 without fail. We certainly don't know everything for certain. But Americans now have the benefit of hearing from the president daily, all day, and in his own words. Gone are the media filters that painted whatever narrative they chose for what the president had to say about anything and everything. And I kind of like it. It's humorous to watch as Mr. Trump daily carries around a sharp stick poking media members. He loves it. And he does it over and over again, and they fall for it. It never ceases to amaze me. They fall for it. Now, these are those uh, brain surgeons in D.C. that are, according to them, the most brilliant people in the United States. They know more than you and I, and we're so dumb, we need for them to tell us exactly what's going on instead of drawing our own conclusions president's words and messaging is calculated, planned, and objective. If you feel that any or emotional outburst and nothing more, you need to look more closely. Each of his tweets has a cause and effect. He plans everything. Will we get specific and accurate answers to these questions? Well, some of these answers we gave today, they may be the correct answers. We don't know for certain. When will we get the answers, if at all? Who are the real players in D.C. today that have the answers to these questions? These and many other questions still perpetually hang in the air. At truthnewsnet.org, we watch and we listen perpetually for evidence and answers to these and other questions, and you hear us talk about opinion But when we do, we tell you, this is an opinion. When we tell you something is the news, we tell you, this is the news. You can get opinion anywhere, on the internet or in a newspaper. That's not what we're about. We will give you opinion, but we let you know when we do, it's opinion. You know what? I am so thankful you're here with us. I love visiting with you guys every day. You're important to me. So important. I don't want you to miss anything. So listen, if you want to make sure you don't miss a new article or a new podcast, very simply on the front page of the home site, that's truthnewsnet.org, bottom right-hand corner, fill in your email address there. That way, every time we put up a new story, you'll get a link, an email with a link to every new story. You'll be able to just click on it and it'll take you right to it. We don't sell your email. Nobody gets your email address but us. We don't sell you anything. Nothing on our site is for sale. You get everything free of charge. So no danger in putting your email address there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tuesday bullet points, questions and answers. And hey, this is going to be a busy week in Washington, D.C. There's a lot going on. Make sure you come back tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. And in the meantime, you have a great day. Not just political, not just lifestyle, but always relevant. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network.